0: Welcome to That's Agritastic, the show that celebrates the scope and diversity of agriculture across the country. I'm Pete Emmons, your host. Joining me is my very special guest. It's Joel Brandenberger, president and CEO of the National Turkey Federation. And today we're getting an update on happenings with the Federation. Hey, Joel, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me, Pete. Really appreciate it. Glad to be here.
0: Hey, I know there is so much going on in your organization. There is no downtime at all. And so I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to really give us a scoop of what's happening right now. So again, in advance, thank you so much uh, for being part of our show.
1: You're welcome. Glad glad to be here.
0: And with that said, this is the first time that uh, you've been on the show. We like to have some fun with with our guests. So we'd like to do some uh, fun things get to know some interesting facts about you. Now I noticed that uh, you are a graduate of Texas Tech University. That's right. You had no a bat- <laughs> okay, and you had a bachelor's degree in journalism. Yes. So, uh, what was it about journalism? What what triggered your interest in that field?
1: Uh, had had some had some family, uh, my mother especially, who who had been involved in journalism. Um, you know started playing around with it high school newspaper really enjoyed it so I was pretty much set when I went enrolled at tech that that's what I wanted to do I started working right away at the campus paper uh enjoyed it enjoyed it a lot I uh you know I just I'm curious I like to learn about things I like to try to explain how certain things work and uh and and enjoyed doing that, and enjoyed my uh, my almost three full years at the Amarillo Globe News, where I was uh, general assignments reporter, police reporter, and then ultimately the uh, the farm and ranch editor.
0: Now, do you have any family members that were in the field already?
1: Uh, the newspaper field? No, no not at that, general? not at the time no. I
0: started. So okay. So you're always looking for that uh, connecting thread there uh, yeah. with that. Well, uh, after you graduated, uh, you've had an extensive career, got really into a lot of legislative type roles, I see. So walk us a little bit through your your early career days there.
1: Absolutely. Um, Two things that always interested me were journalism and politics. And in 1985, I had a chance to go to work for the state senator who worked, uh, who, who represented the Amarillo area in the Texas Senate. I started out doing press work for him, but ultimately um, was his administrative assistant, which is um, you know sort of running the a legislative director would be the, the analogous position in Washington. And I uh, had a chance to work one session uh, as his uh, legislative director found that really rewarding. He ran for Congress. Uh, In 1988, and I was the press secretary for his campaign and was his press secretary and legislative director for uh, a big chunk of his first term and the early part of his second term before I left to go to the National Turkey Federation.
0: And what was it that really attracted you to the Turkey Federation? All those gobbles?
1: Well, (laughs) Intriguingly, um, you know, my family members who were involved in agriculture, extended family members uh, being in Texas were unsurprisingly in the cattle business. Uh, so I knew more about that than I did about turkeys. But uh, I actually had gone to college with the the gentleman who had who was my predecessor at NTF and um, and someone else also from Texas Tech who worked on the House Agriculture Committee told me you ought to look at this. If you thought you think you want to try lobbying, because it also has a press component. And he said, the good news is, is you don't have to start the program from scratch there, the lobbying program, but it's new enough that you have a lot of room to grow it. And that seemed uh that seemed like a really interesting opportunity. And I went to work there in May of 91, thought I'd try lobbying for two or three years. But what I found was a committed membership that really supported the Federation. And that's something you don't often find in Washington in the trade association world is, is, is isn't, is a group that has the level of support that NTF has from its members. And, uh, so I just, uh, it, it was, it was a really good thing to have. I had a few opportunities along the way to go elsewhere, but, um, And the situation that none of those situations felt is right is working for the Federation and and
0: these members. And it looks like uh, you've been uh, CEO, president now for about 17 years. Yes. Excellent. And boy, uh, that's that's not the norm these days in the world of work, is it, by any shape or imagination? No, it's it's it is
1: it is it is probably a little unusual, uh, but again, it has to go with the membership, the support that they that they give the team and NTF, and the fact that um, you know, they they you know they compete, fier- compete fiercely in the marketplace, but when it comes to issues common to the industry and in working with the government or promoting the product, um you know they they, they they do come together and in, in, in that way and it's 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 really rewarding. I um, have colleagues at other associations that I think are maybe a little little envious of uh, of the support we get from our members.
0: Now the next question I'm going to ask you, we could probably easily do the entire show on, but uh, unfortunately we got a ways to go. Can't quite do that. When you reflect back on all your years there at the National yeah. Turkey Federation if you were to single out just a maybe two or three really wow, special moments for you, what would they be?
1: Well, uh, wow moments and special moments aren't always, you know, the greatest or happiest. So I'll, I'll, I'll I'll select two that, um, that that, that maybe weren't happy occurrences, but still were great challenges and and a fantastic opportunity to see how the industry and our team worked and, and, you know, one of those would be the, the highly pathogenic avian influenza outbreak in 2015. And, you know, we're, we're just coming out of another one. But in 2015, it was the first time in years that there had been a significant outbreak of the disease in the U.S. And it was uh, a learning experience for everybody in the industry, obviously, for everybody in our staff and for, and for the team at USDA who, um, you know, who, who hadn't faced that challenge in a long time. And it was it was a terrible slog for, for four or five months. But but watching the industry work its way through it and seeing how the lessons that were learned then um, were applied to this more recent outbreak um, and, and how the response time was was sharper and quicker uh, from the government and industry, you know, knew its role. And while it was a terrible outbreak, um, you know, the, the the lessons of 2015 uh Paid off for for all all stakeholders involved, and then the other one, of course, would be the um, you know the the, the COVID nineteen pandemic uh, and its outset. It uh, forced our staff to work remotely. Uh, as, as fortune would have it, uh, a number of us were in, in weren't even in the DC area when the world shut down. We were on family or medical trips, and scattered around the country the team pulled together beautifully um again with full support from the industry and you know we had to become experts overnight and things that we didn't expect to both we and the members uh we learned a lot about trucking rules um you know what essential personnel was how the government handled that and um and i i couldn't really be prouder of a group of people than i was our our, our staff and our members um, in and, and clawing our way through that, um, you know, when suddenly and doing it all remotely, um, and at all hours of the day and night. Uh, if you talk about a wow moment, um, that would be a little happier, um, it, it's probably every single time we go to the White House for the Turkey Pardon. Um, I've done all but three since 1991, I've been at all in attendance at all but three since 1991, and it. Never gets old. It's never not exciting. It's always a really special experience every time.
0: You can't put a price on on those kind of moments. Now, what I want to ask you is when are you going to come out with that book that capsulizes all these experiences? That's the next thing. Well, um,
1: you know, give, give, give it give it a little while longer. Um, All right. You know, there, there, there are stories in there. I'm, I'm not sure how wide an audience there is for them, but but there are there are stories and, and they're fun ones. And 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 also, you know, you've seen a lot of of how the country's um, changed politically, um, you know, through 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 uh, that period of time.
0: Well, we'll stay tuned on that then, I guess, is the answer to that question. Well, the uh, the turkey industry in general really is huge, huge business in the United States. It looks like again, a little over 2,500 uh, turkey farms throughout the country. Yes. Uh, production uh, the number I, one number I saw was 415 million turkeys each year.
1: That that's 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 about where we are at this point. Yes. So what is what is the? Uh, no, I'm sorry, not 415 million turkeys. I'm sorry. I, no, it's it's more like I've got. The number okay.
0: strength is closer to 240 million turkeys. Okay, we, we we just upped it a little bit there. of yes. <laughs> uh, so what has the uh, the trend been in the production itself? Has it been has it been an increase in production?
1: Well, you know there are a lot of factors that go into it. I think I think one of the trends you've seen is, um, you know, the the, the genetics companies. Um, you know, uh, they, they've gotten very good at breeding. I think you've probably seen weights go up a, a little bit, uh, maybe fewer fewer birds, but but the weight uh, has increased. We we we're pretty steady at between five and five and a half billion pounds of ready to cook turkey meat. Um, that, that that's being produced each year um so that's so so that that that's that's a little bit of a trend i think you know the bigger trend is um you know 50 years ago more than half of all the turkey in the us was consumed in the form of a whole bird during the fourth quarter of the year during the holiday season thanksgiving and christmas um consumption of thanksgiving and christmas has, hasn't gone down but that level of consumption probably represents no more than a third and probably at this point less than a third of how all turkeys consumed in the US you've seen the you've seen the growth of deli products you know um the the, the turkey industry has a pretty dominant place at the lunch counter at this point ground turkey has been a big growth product for us um and uh and one of the newest fields that 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 the industry is looking to conquer is, is is the barbecue the grilling space um You know, I grew up in Texas and Texas turkey is a staple uh, at uh, at, at barbecue restaurants. If you get the three meat platter, you know, you will see the vast majority of people get brisket, turkey and sausage Um, when you go. And I don't have any surveys on that. That's just my observation over uh, 60 years uh, of going to barbecue restaurants uh, in the state. But that's not true everywhere else. We're trying to, as one of our members put it, we're trying to take what's common there and make it more the rule nationally. We've been participating in barbecue competitions, sponsoring events there. We're also now beginning to participate in more public-facing festivals, trying to get both the influencers and the consumers to think more about turkey on the grill. And, uh, you know, early returns are encouraging. So, you know, but it, it, it's, you know, nothing changes overnight. We're, we're going to keep at it for a while yet.
0: A couple of points circling back on what you just mentioned. Uh, first of all, the the huge trend uh, switchover where turkey really is, a it's a universal year-round product that is consumed by consumers around the world. Uh, that is uh, that is dramatic, certainly. Uh, yes. With that, uh, happening, too. And I know I personally can't go a, a week without at least two or three turkey sandwiches at lunch myself. So, I mean, you know, I'm right there with you. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, uh, the other part we want to look at here a little bit, too, besides that, you know, uh, let's talk a little bit about the exporting of of turkeys. Obviously, our North American partners of Mexico and Canada are obviously our big players there with that. And then you've got involvement of the European market. So first address, uh, what about the Mexico and Canada connections with it?
1: Well, well, Mexico is by far our dominant export market. Um, they, um, uh, the more than half of everything we export goes to Mexico. Um, they, the, uh, they have a huge demand for dark meat down there. They take, they take a lot of dark meat. They further process it in into products. I had the opportunity. Um, to go into it, in, into a, into an upscale supermarket um, in Guadalajara, and this was 15 years ago. Uh, but, but you go to the fresh counter, and, and you see you know a variety of meat and poultry products. But you go into the in in, in into the into the processed section, the processed meat section. And the number of things that are either pavo, turkey, or pavo and jamon, uh, you know, turkey and pork uh, or ham, um, it, it's overwhelming. And they don't have a large domestic turkey industry in Mexico. Um, so they need our product, the proximity to the U.S., uh, our efficient cost of production and such um, has made that a dominant market for us. Uh, Canada has picked up a little bit in the um, – in, in In the US, Mexico, Canada trade agreement um, that was reached in 2018, uh, the formula for um, for how uh, the number of exports into Canada were allowed by their government was changed um, favorably for the US. So that's improved the market a little bit. Um, You know, at different times, China has been a major market for us, um, less so in the last seven, eight years, but it, it still has been um you know we talked about highly pathogenic avian influenza a little bit ago that 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 did have a significant impact on turkey exports back in in 2015. um you know a lot of countries banned the importation of some banned it from the entire country like china others would ban it from states where there had been a case um over time though we've renegotiated regionalization and compartmentalization agreements with our trading partners, so so this time, um, this time around, usually any bans were at the county level or in a certain exclusion zone around where a case was found that that reduced the impact. But it has still been a it has still been a, a, a tough road back from 2015. At one point, high water mark, we were exporting about 11 or 12 percent of everything we produced in this country. Now it's more, it's closer to. To around eight percent of everything we we produce, we're exporting, um, and and you know, like I said, production's been fairly steady in the U.S. So so it, it's been a toll, but there's been some exciting opportunities. Um, Central and South America uh, have, have proven potentially interesting markets. Um, we still have some you know some some Pacific Rim customers uh europe has been a little problematic because some of their rules on um on how you uh chill turkeys are at odds with what we're required to do to meet our pathogen reduction levels in the u.s so um so that that that's that's put a little bit of a crimp in the european market but even that's beginning to 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 slowly uh slowly move in a better direction so it's it's a challenge, but it's an exciting frontier. Um, you know our members are committed to it. We've been happy to partner with USA Poultry and Egg Export Council um, in trying to promote promote turkey overseas, and and we're encouraged about the long view.
0: Excellent. Now there are a lot of really interesting facts about turkeys that I don't know if John Q. Public realizes, but uh, and there are there are myths out there too in terms of production and whatnot with it you just put out a, a few interesting facts and a couple of myths i know that there are, there's myths about the use of steroids and horm- hormones for example
1: okay well here's here's the, the the first thing um federal law prohibits the use of any growth hormones or steroids in poultry not allowed so um so that is the, that 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 is that is probably the biggest myth out there um yeah it's just they never have been allowed and they never will be allowed um uh, under under federal rules, so um, you know, I know the misconception is out there, but but it, it's it's not really an issue in in, in the turkey
0: industry. That's good. Now, uh, you've already mentioned uh, you, the dealing with the pathogen avian influenza, so we'll kind of walk through uh, that part here, but. The other part I want to get into is that your organization does a great job really advocating for the industry and in addressing these major issues. As you mentioned, the work done on the Salmonella policy. Uh, any comments about the some of the issues in the past have involved the having enough farm labor, for example? Well, farm,
1: you know, farm labor is a problem, you know, throughout the agriculture industry, and, and it's absolutely the the the, the same. Um, in, in the turkey industry, especially at the processing plant. Um right now the 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 visa rules don't create a separate visa category for meat and poultry processing or a lot of agriculture processing. Um we we've been we've been working steadily, uh oh my gosh, you know, for for close to 20 years on this issue uh on Capitol Hill and and with um you know, and with Justice Department and 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 others involved in in immigration rules, Homeland Security, uh, you know, the solution that we believe is really needed is a guest worker visa for meat and poultry processing. Uh, we've been advocating that a lot. One that would allow a guest worker to come in, work for a set period of time in the U.S. on this visa. They would have to do periodic touchbacks in their home country before becoming eligible to return. But we think if there were an orderly system, that would uh, that would address a lot of the issues. Um, We found actually some bipartisan interest in it, you know, in Congress. But but, um, you know, the 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 reaction to that issue doesn't cut straight across party lines, but. We, we, you know, th- th- there's there's not a consensus yet within Congress. And, you know, it's we're, we're, we're going on almost 40 years since the last major piece of immigration legislation was passed in this country.
0: So and speaking of, of legislation, obviously, the 2023 uh, farmers bill is going to be at the, t- the top of the list here in terms of priorities and making sure that that, that bill contains those components uh, that are going to be favorable to uh, really the National Turkey Federation. Yeah, the farm
1: bill is interesting. Uh, it has become, um, you know, I think once upon a time it was looked at something that primarily d- dealt with crops, um, uh, you know, and you know, fruits, vegetables, um, other commodities, you know, grown in the field. But it's 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 increasingly become important to the um, to the turkey industry and, and and really the whole whole livestock and poultry sector. I think one of the first things we're going to be looking at this time is a renewal of an animal health program. Uh, that was created in the um, in, in the in the in the twenty um, in, in the twenty eighteen Farm Bill. Uh, and it's a three tiered program. Uh, one of them's the the, the National Animal Disease um, Preparedness and Emergency Plan NADPREP, It's called. Um, we we've also got uh, funding to uh, to extend. Uh, the vaccine bank and and you know the 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 the, the program the program's components um, you know, are just uh, you know really, really extremely um, extremely important to, to the industry. We, we We're very hopeful that they'll be renewed. Uh, I think the um, I think the you know there's some other opportunities out there. Uh, possibly an opportunity to uh to tweak a little bit the way indemnity is handled when there is a major animal disease outbreak like highly pathogenic avian influenza. I think um USDA has done a great job of administering an indemnity program. I think they've done the maximum of what they can do within the statutes is they're written. Um you know I, I uh, I think Secretary Vilsack has been the person who's been in charge during both of the outbreaks, and in him, the team at the Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service (APHIS), uh, everybody's done done a really good job of responding. But they're, they're at the limits of what the statute allows, and I think uh, if we can can possibly in the Farm Bill um, get them a little more opportunity to maneuver, um, that would be uh, that would be you know uh, a, a really a really nice goal to have. We're looking especially at farmers who are, who don't have it on their farm, but because they're in close proximity to the farm, once their birds are off the farm and marketed, they can't repopulate until that zone that they're in is declared clean. Um, you know, uh, you know, the growers have been hit, get, get indemnity, obviously, for their lost birds, but but these farmers, for their delayed time in repopulating, uh, it would be good to change the statute to, to let them receive some compensation, and the Farm Bill is probably the best opportunity
0: for that. Well, hopefully those items will be all included uh, in the Farm Bill as it comes forward. Well, right now it is time to salute all of our outstanding show sponsors that make our program possible. That does include the Central Ohio Farm Bureau of Union, Madison, Delaware, and Franklin Counties. UT's Farm Market of Plain City, Ohio, Marysville, Ohio branch of the Middlefield Banking Company, Health Insurance Markets, Michelle Mercer, Dublin, Ohio office, and the Ohio Ecological Food and Farm Association. You'll find great products and services at all of our show partners. Well, Joel, during the year, the National Turkey Federation coordinates several key events, continuously promoting uh, Turkey out there. And I know you've just come through a period of several months where several things going on. Now, it looks like in June, you had the Turkey Lovers Month. And then you yes. had in July, the National Grilling Month and several big Turkey smoke offs happening yeah. and several things coming up in September. I see. Yeah.
1: Well, it, yeah, there, there are several things. Jesus turkey Lovers Month is is probably around 35 years old now, maybe, maybe a little older. And it's just, it's, it's an opportunity to to highlight Turkey. Um, you know, it's at a point outside the holiday season and we've tried a variety of different promotions over the years, but the one that has been in most neatly with it is our Turkey smoke campaign. And this, and this was uh, born really in 2018 and launched in, in 2019 um, uh, in, in, it it you know it does center it's centered to this point on these competitions things like the American Royal World Series of Barbecue in Kansas City each fall uh the Memphis in May competition which is obviously in Memphis in May um and 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 and, and a number of DC barbecue battle in the summer in in Washington and Uh, And then there's there's a lot of smaller events around the country each year that we're that we're involved in. So far this year, for example, uh, we've had 500 teams compete in 16 competitions uh, so far this year. We're going to make our uh, sixth appearance at the American Royal um, this year. Dates back to 2017. Obviously, they they didn't do one in 2020, but otherwise we, you know, every year they've had one since 2017. We've been there. Uh, we'll probably by the end of this year have done 20 20 events uh probably our really our, our competition season will wrap up around the end of October um and uh, we partner with the Kansas City barbecue Society for a lot of these events and we'll announce our Turkey smoke team of the year um, at, at kCBS's awards in January but one of the most exciting things about this year and it's a subtle thing and it sounds like inside baseball, Um, But it's really not. From 2019 through last year, our members provided the product that the teams cooked, you know, cooked at each of the competitions. This year, with a handful of exceptions, we've stepped back. It's time to it's it's time for um, for for Turkey Smoke to stand on its own feet, see if the team's commitment, uh, you know, is. Is, is the same when they have to purchase their own product like they do for every other category, pork, beef, chicken, and such. Um, and it's the response has been great. We've had very little drop off in participation as a result. I think the, the competitors have gone out there, find their cuts. It's led to a great diversity of things. They can pick any fresh whole muscle cut they want. Um, the only fresh product they can't use is ground turkey in the competitions. And the response has been great. The other thing we've started doing this year, if, if you've ever been to one of these these barbecue competitions, it's not super public facing. It's not like you go to each of the competitors if you're a, if you're someone who's who's visiting the event and and, and, and taste product there. Um, so there are also these barbecue festivals, Q festivals, they're called. We've done one in the Dallas Fort Worth area. We're going to do some in, in other areas. Um, and and. Uh, and, and I think you know that those are more public facing there you do come and and and, and taste what the participants do uh the final thing and this started uh, a couple of years ago and it's been really great um about in 2020 ironically which was or 2021 excuse me uh we partnered with uh the Kansas City Chiefs radio network uh to uh to, to promote something called tailgate with Turkey um, and it started out originally at the first half of the Chiefs' home games for that first season. Uh, there was a lot of turkey promotion during the pregame show uh, on the Chiefs' radio network. This past year, it's all home games. We're going to continue the partnership again in in twenty three. Uh, you know, we don't think it's a coincidence that once they did a full year with us, they won the Super Bowl. I'm sure we had a lot to do with that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but but we've also um, started uh we've expanded this there, there's been a lot of interest because of the chiefs we've started partnering the second half of this baseball season with the kansas city royals in their radio network uh and the university of kansas the jayhawks have reached out to us uh their their radio network about something possibly this football season so um you know based on what happened to the chiefs last year i think the royals turnaround is just is just just around the corner and uh the Jayhawks uh you know they, 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 they could compete in the big 12 this year
0: lots of uh exciting things going on throughout the entire course of the year and you already mentioned of course the uh, grand finale which is the White House uh turkey event. Now, still the uh, board president gets to select from their state the turkeys that's still in place that kind of thing.
1: yes I- I exactly uh the national Thanksgiving turkey presentation uh, you know you you look in the history books and you can find turkeys and other other farm animals being presented to presidents, going back at least to the Lincoln administration. Um, but the event as we know it now started in 1947 with with, with President Truman. Um, in, in November of 1989, President George H.W. Bush, President Bush 41, uh, added the pardoning element into it, which is which has been been very fun. And yes, our chairman this year is Steve Licken, the president of Genio, um, who's in Wilmer, Minnesota. Uh, Steve uh, has had turkeys on the ground now for uh, for a few weeks. I think they were placed. Um, oh my gosh, Steve's thirty year veteran of this; he knows by heart. They were placed in in July in Wilmer, so last month and. Uh, and they'll probably be you know 40 something pounds when the when the bird that's chosen um arrives in 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 DC with its alternate in uh in November uh you know every chairman varies things a little bit but a lot of the elements are the same they 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 pick out a smaller flock of 25 30 birds again the the number varies and they're usually raised um separate from a larger flock because um what you want to do because the turkeys aren't used to this is you want to acclimate them more toward being around people some of our chairmen play music and crowd noises and so forth on boom boxes in in the barn so that they're not uh not startled by what by what happens when they get when they get to the White House um and it's and it's a pretty pretty successful formula so
0: certainly an exciting event uh, that's going to happen now the other thing we want to look at it a little bit here too is you no know, you are a nonprofit a 501c3 and membership Actually, office,
1: I'm gonna step in there. We're a 501c6. That I'm allows sorry. us to to lobby okay to lobby federal governments that portion of our dues that that go toward that are not tax deductible by gotcha. the so it's it's a small apologize.
0: difference. Off by three off by three points on that. But again uh but membership is a critical component obviously to your success. Uh, a little bit on uh, membership and key perks, and I know that you have a big leadership conference coming up in the middle of September as well.
1: Yeah, our, we measure our membership maybe a little a little differently than some groups. We're not like, say, AARP, for example, or closer at home, the American Farm Bureau Federation, which you know, which comprised of many many individual members. So I can't say, well, we have three hundred thousand members, or you know, all twenty five hundred members, or or whatever. Uh, our membership really is, is based on, on a couple of categories. And, and one is, you know, are the, the core processors, you know, the, 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 the 20 some odd federally inspected processors, and we represent about 95 plus percent of those. Um, and then we have just under 300, um, Allied members or preferred suppliers, as we call them, companies that that, that provide goods and services to the industry. Uh, and, and if your company, whether you're a processor or a preferred supplier member, you know, if, if your company is a member, then literally everyone who works for the company, everyone who grows for those processors are members uh, by extension of that membership. So
0: excellent. Again, I need to get on board with that, too. That is great. Now, uh, we've, we've kind of talked through the events here as well. And I know we could keep on talking about events the rest of the time, but again, uh, more to go here with that. Uh, you also on your website have a lot of great recipes you put out there for, for the public to get into. Yes. Um, now I noticed that with the football season coming up right now, we were just talking about the tailgating a little bit before, but boy, I had to have one that caught my eye and I never heard of this to be honest with you. Correct me if I'm saying this wrong. Empadas. Empanadas. Em- Okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's Spanish. Yes,
1: Spanish. It's um, it, it's 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 popular. You know, more in Central and South America. Um, uh, in there, uh, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to be in Argentina, um, and Chile, and uh, that was more on personal. And, and Colombia, on NTF business, and empanadas are extremely popular there. They vary in size. Be sure and read the menu carefully because most of them are are small. um, You know, just you know, maybe about three inches long, three to four inches long, uh, and a couple inches high. And they're little pockets of of pastry with you know of of dough, not pastry, but of of dough. You know, that's that's baked with with meat inside. But I've seen some that look about the size of an American football um, at some places. So uh, read the menu carefully, but. Very popular, and, and, and turkey's a natural fit.
0: I have to it. tell you, I'm getting a giant craving right now, the way you described that too, sir. <laughs> okay. I'll have to check that out even more. Hey, I know that we could probably talk for several more hours uh, all about the, the outstanding work that your organization done, does, um, but I don't know how to stop that chill clock. And If I did, I would like shatter it right now uh, so that we could continue a conversation. But you know what? You have given us a great inside primer really of the, the work of the National T- Turkey Federation today uh and all that is happening out there. What is a final special message that you would like to put out there?
1: Um, you know, I I you know anybody who works in the in the food and agriculture industry knows knows their commitment to raising animals the right way, toward ensuring this food is safe as possible. Uh what I what I would really wish we could do is is spread the story further about our members' commitment to great practices on the farm, uh, great animal care practices, great food safety practices on the farm, in the plant, and ensuring we get the best possible product out to the consumer. Uh, If you go to our website, um, uh, turkey.org, uh you, you can you can probably still find it's also i think available on youtube uh a video it was done about a decade ago by uh dr temple Grandin with us um you know showing how turkeys are raised um and processed and and i think uh anyone who saw it would have a would have a really good feeling about about how 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 our growers and our processors go about their business
0: so become educated about turkeys is what the yeah. bottom line is
1: yeah and and of course it goes without saying, but but I'll say it again. The nutritional profile of the product is excellent. It is low fat, low saturated fat, uh nutrient dense, a lot of key nutrients and vitamins, iron, etc. that that you need. It's uh protein. It's just it's a um it, 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 it's a great and versatile product.
0: Does not get much better than fresh turkey. Oh, my. And I haven't eaten lunch yet either. So I think I'm going to have a turkey sandwich when we're done here, too.
1: Okay. So good. good. Well, we appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Hey, what, uh, you it mentioned that uh, you are all over social media. You mentioned your website is obviously the prime site. But again, put out a few of those sites.
1: Uh, okay. <clears throat> if you go on Facebook, um, and, and we we have a couple of, we were on most platforms, though we're not on TikTok yet, but um, we're getting there. <laughs> but if uh you know on facebook you can find us um uh on you know both 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 uh one for ntf as an organization you can also find um a, a serve turkey which has a host of recipes and we're just putting up now a, a, a site on facebook devoted to turkey smoke um specifically you can find um ntf just itself on uh and i gotta catch myself here on x uh the the platform formerly known as twitter (laughs) and um and and then you can find serve turkey and you can find turkey smoke uh on instagram uh turkey smoke especially enjoys a strong following on instagram
0: we'll put some of those sites up on our show facebook page uh, for an added reference for folks too as well so Uh, you're online, you'll see the National Turkey Federation. You can't miss it in all of those platforms. And again, I want to thank you so much, Joel, uh, for taking time out of your schedule. Major kudos to you for all of your leadership over the years, for what you have done, your entire staff, your board, uh, coming together, and year-round efforts uh, with the turkey industry. I wish you a fall that's really stuffed with success. And (laughs) I'll look forward to Talking back and connecting with you, perhaps at a later time during the year.
1: Absolutely, would love to do that. Thank you so much for having us on here, um, and appreciate your your, your recognizing dedication of the members and our and our team, and and that means a lot to us. So thank you.
0: Well, Thank you again. And as we wind down, a final acknowledgement of all of our outstanding show sponsors. That does include the Central Ohio Farm Bureau of Union, Madison, Delaware, and Franklin Counties. It's a grassroots membership organization dedicated to strengthening and sustaining agriculture through policy advocacy professional development, resource provisions, and outstanding member benefits. For more information, you can contact Melinda Lee, the organization director. That's Lee at OFBF.org. That's Lee at OFBF.org. UC's Farm Market in Plain City, Ohio. Hey, it is your one-stop shop for all your favorite Amish cheeses. They have over 30, 30 types, delicious deli meats, baked goods, and more. Their corn crib area is fully stocked with local fresh produce right now. At great sweet corns and melons, Indiana melons. Much more is out there for you. Be sure to order online. Check out their weekly specials. They're open Monday to Saturday, nine to five. Located on Converse Half Road, up a Route 42. And again, Muncie's Farm Market. It's definitely worth the drive. The Marysville, Ohio branch of the Middlefield Banking Company offering great rates for ag, residential, and commercial projects combined with exceptional customer service. Open Monday to Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 5. They're located on Coleman's Crossing in Marysville, Ohio. Check them out today on Facebook. They're ready to serve you. Health Insurance Markets, Michelle Mercer, Dublin, Ohio office. Hey, can choosing the right Medicare plan can be very confusing. Call her today to set up a free initial consultation, 614 606 042 that's 614 606 422 or email her at mmercer at healthmarkets.com. Health Insurance Inc. is licensed in all states and DC. Product availability may vary, and agents may receive compensation based on enrollment, but there is no obligation to enroll in the Ohio Ecological Food and Farm Association, cultivating a future in which sustainable and organic farmers thrive local food nourishes our communities and ag practices protect and enhance the environment now is the perfect time to become a member offering mega benefits including organic certification educational events led by experts one-on-one technical support to grow and sustain your business go to oeffa.org that's oeffa.org your patronage and support of all of our show sponsors makes a huge positive difference we'll join us again on august 24th when we'll explore the Stowe, Vermont, late summer and fall farmers market with market manager Hannah Stearns. And then again on August 28th, we'll check in with VIP Scott Stump, the CEO of the National FFA Program, who'll provide a highly informative program look at what's going on right now with the FFA organization. Follow us on Facebook for that on That's Agritastic for show details, ag announcements, interesting ag stories, and much more. Until the next time, this is Pete Emmons. Make it an aggregate week.